Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. Millennials and Gen Z are reshaping philanthropy. Young philanthropists are moving fast to support causes they believe in deeply. This generosity and passion for real impact is inspiring but it also puts the onus on the development sector to prepare for a new generation of engaged impact driven philanthropists looking for measurable outcomes. Let's look at how the younger generation is changing giving. All Indians matter. We have on the show Amitabh Jaipuria, CEO of Accelerate Indian Philanthropy. Accelerate Indian Philanthropy, or AIP, was founded in 2021 as a peer network of philanthropists to accelerate the quality and quantity of giving in India. AIP is building an institution that fundamentally transforms the strategic giving landscape in India. It works with ultra-high net worth individuals and families in India as well as the diaspora to create sustainable impact. In a career spanning more than 33 years, Amitabh has worked across sectors and business services. He has led multicultural teams and is interested in helping and coaching people to succeed in their careers and reach their full potential. He has been part of organizations such as UDS, Quest Corp, Reliance Geo, Monsanto, PepsiCo, GE and Blowpass. Amitabh, welcome. Hi, Ashraf. Happy to be on the show today and to talk about how the next generation is shaping philanthropy. Thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you, Amitabh. Amitabh, how is the profile of philanthropists changing in India? You know, Ashraf, uh, AIP was set up with the objective of making people uh, give more, give sooner and give better. The give sooner aspect really plugs in into the theme of the show today in terms of philanthropists giving early. And what we are also seeing, so this, there are two trends here. One is that there are younger wealth creators. So as younger people have made more money, they have also been influenced deeply by the giving philosophies that are there in some other countries, notably the US. And they have started making early pledges and they have started giving early. And we hope to accelerate that trend. That is one trend that we are seeing. The other piece that we are seeing is that the next generation is getting involved. So whether it is old money or even when there is new money, we are seeing many uh, children uh, in the age group of 18 to 25 uh, of these entrepreneurs and wealth creators who are beginning to get deeply influenced and deeply interested in philanthropy. And this is not just in writing checks, but in wanting to get involved, involved with the causes that are that they are passionate about and involved with the whole process of giving. So identifying the institutions, ensuring how they give, ensuring how much they give, and then trying to be also be involved with them in some cases on their boards as well. Right. So a deep dive, almost not just a superficial involvement. In fact, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, the second generation of families because that's what's going to be my next question. Is it uh, only science of wealthy families carrying on the work of parents or also the new age wealthy, you know, the founders of unicorns, for instance? Oh, Absolutely. The founders of unicorns, many, many of them uh, are now getting interested. And there are both two, two kinds of founders, people who have founded their own companies and had their liquidity events or people and founders of uh, you know, private equity investments, for example. So there are many private equity founders, uh, private equity firms uh, who are also now getting deeply interested. And these are all people under 40, 45, you know, so uh, these are young people who have been influenced by the fact and who feel very grateful, to be honest. So uh, they feel grateful about what they have been endowed with and now want to give back. 
what about uh, the approach how is that approach different fundamentally i know you spoke a little bit about it you know being really involved rather than cutting checks and all that but could you talk a little bit more about it so what is happening so i'll give you some examples uh, i mean i'm not at liberty to take names unfortunately because i don't have permission but uh, i'll certainly give you examples of uh, how this is so i'll give you an example of a family of a very young uh, you know there are series of cousins so there are five or six cousins in one particular family uh, you know sons and daughters of uh, brothers and sisters and uh, they have been wanting to give and they have now worked with aip to try and identify which sector they want to give to so the so the approach that they have taken is first they have wanted to learn more and after learning more so we have exposed them to many many uh, sectors uh, through, through what we call learning journeys and we have connected them with experts we have connected them with other uh, philanthropists in that area we have connected them with grassroots organizations and then they have now over a process of 6 7 8 months they have now made up their mind in terms of which sectors they are interested in and for example they are they inter- interested mainly in education and to an extent in health and within that now they are narrowing down in terms of how they want to give and to which institutions they want to give so that's the process in the sense so this younger generation is not uh, you know just satisfied by uh, superficial exposure and by you know superficial uh, information they want the deep dive they really want to talk to experts they want to talk to other philanthropists who have done this and they want to meet the institutions that are also now uh, working in this field so they do this full due diligence before they decide and that's the process that we are seeing many of them follow and uh, what are the challenges that you face when dealing with this uh, generation of philanthropists and since i've asked about challenges tell me also about the advantages now so uh, i'll start with the advantages uh, ashraf uh, the advantages clearly are that they are they bring a fresh perspective to giving and they it's their own generational perspective so and they have seen wealth from you know from their birth pretty much so these are people who have seen the privilege of wealth one two they have seen the privilege of technology in the sense that they have born they are born on the screen they are digital native so that's the second aspect that's uh, that they bring to the table and the third is that they are fearless they question so they question the basis they question the uh, the organizations they question the the issues they get deeply involved with trying to find answers to some of these issues so uh, in fact we have another example um, you know where where the daughter of uh, of of um, a very very evolved philanthropist now wants to start uh, an an entire organization to engage with new age philanthropists and with uh, the sons and daughters of uh, wealth creators so that's uh, that's an example as well which are the causes that you think are on top of their list so you know ashraf when you look at the causes that most philanthropists engage with in india education has usually topped the list and we have found that uh, almost 65 70% uh, of the interest uh, lies in education healthcare comes a close second livelihoods and rural poverty have also been on top of the charts Uh, the newer age philanthropists to an extent are finding more resonance with climate change and with the environment so that's a big one that's uh, that's coming out the other are niche uh, interests so for example there are interests in mental health uh, which are now emerging and uh, are standing up as causes to be noticed 
so, so that's attracting a lot of attention. We are also seeing a lot of interest in finding digital solutions to older problems. So, uh, you know, in terms of how can technology help uh, with healthcare, for example, how can technology help with education, for example? So education and healthcare have been the traditional sectors which have attracted philanthropy. But how can technology be yoked to their cause and how can technology improve all aspects of the working of the um, uh, of the uh, grassroots organizations, whether it's in terms of their internal processes, whether it's in terms of their delivery mechanisms, whether it's in terms of their reporting mechanisms, the entire gamut of uh, the working of grassroots organizations is really something that uh, uh, you know technology can transform and the new age philanthropists are really bringing that perspective to it as well. And uh, you know in India religious giving has actually been always very popular and has probably always topped the charts. What do you think are the future areas of giving? Now you mentioned some that are already quite popular now. What do you think is going to happen 10 years from now? Which areas will be the most popular? See, religious giving has, uh, you know, Indians have always given and uh, there is no doubt about that. We have been a society that have that have always given and um, the mechanism or the channel of giving has usually been through uh, a religious institution. And this is and this cuts across religions. It's not just one religion or the other. And um, and that continues. And but the way in which that money is being used is where we are seeing change. So we are seeing change by a lot of this religious money that gets collected is now being yoked for the same purposes that philanthropy has traditionally uh, been engaged with. So a lot of these trusts, which are extremely uh, you know rich and they uh, they have a lot of donations that come in through their philanthropists, uh, they are now these trusts are now putting up hospitals, they are putting up schools, they are putting up other kinds of facilities, and they are making a huge huge difference. And these are world class institutions that are also getting put up by these trusts. So therefore, see, AIP's approach has always been that uh, giving more, giving sooner, giving better is really what we believe in. The And we don't look at how the giving has happened or to which institution that giving has happened or to which cause that, in, that giving has happened. We are here to help philanthropists across the spectrum of, uh, of giving. And therefore, uh, whether it's religious giving or whether it's giving through other more uh, different kinds of channels, is, uh, is we see all giving as good. So let me ask you to put on your psychoanalyst's uh, cap for a second. What do you think is driving these young philanthropists and why are they giving more than earlier generations? So obviously one reason is that they are wealthier, but that can't be the only reason, I'm sure. No, I think uh, there are three or four reasons. Uh, in our minds, we see uh, three reasons as probably the most important. Uh, one is that uh, that they have uh, once they are born into families uh, or have seen early wealth. Uh, I think there is a lot of influence by seeing the disparities amongst what they have been privileged with. And there is a great sense of gratefulness uh, in terms of what they have been privileged with. And uh, this is a, you know, this, this awakening seems to be coming early, which is great to see. And uh, you know, kudos and uh, credit to the parents uh, and to the, to the wealth creators which are imbuing these kinds of uh, thoughts uh, in uh, in their children. So I think that sense of gratefulness is probably a very important one. Second is a deep influence because these are people who are globally exposed. And uh, a lot of these children uh, have been educated in the US and in other uh, great institutions abroad, uh, including, of course, here in India as well. But uh, they, are, they have been exposed to Western thought, whether educated here or whether educated in uh, abroad. They have been influ- They have been. They have seen these. They have seen these trends in philanthropy. They have seen these great institutions 
that have been built with philanthropic capital and philanthropic endowments. Having seen that, having been exposed to these inspiring stories, they have obviously tried to bring that back to the country. So that's the second. And the third to our minds is really exposure to technology and early exposure to technology. Because what has happened with technology is that solutions at scale, at population level scale have become possible. So now with you know families having, even poorer families having access to bank accounts, having access to financial services, having access to mobile and smartphones, having access to payment mechanisms such as UPI, etc. What has happened is that this the fact that technology can help you scale a solution has interested and inspired many younger uh, age uh, philanthropists. Because earlier, they would have thought that, you know, man, money, our money or their money can make a difference only to an extent. Because the ability to scale was limited. But now with technology, the ability to scale is immense. And we have seen that. We have seen, uh, you know, population level changes coming about uh, in a matter of years, not even decades. So these three trends to my mind, a sense of gratefulness, global exposure, and exposure, early exposure to technology and hence solutions that can go to scale. So how do organizations like non-profits pitch to the new generation of a philanthropist? How is it different from before? <laughs> so that's a great question, Ashraf. Uh, because, uh, you know, when uh, whenever we uh, work with the newer age philanthropists, we clearly see that, uh, you know, the the trends of the or the basic attributes of youth uh, get brought uh, to the table uh, in this process as well and what what are those attributes those attributes are that they are very very direct so they will they will speak their mind they will speak their heart and uh, therefore our advice to uh, institutions when they deal with new age philanthropists always is that please say it like it is uh, there is no bs uh, and uh, you know, and 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 just speak openly, speak frankly, speak passionately. They love passion because they are passionate themselves. They like to see that passion in the organizations that they want to work with. So, being direct, being passionate, and having a very clear theory of change, and which is what we also at AIP help institutions with, is that to clearly design and define their theory of change. Theory of change in simple English would really mean, what is your strategy? How do you want to make a difference? If we, if any philanthropist funds uh, an organization, then how will that money get used to create the impact that that philanthropist wants? In AIP, we have a very simple model where we take and handhold philanthropists through this entire process of going from inspiration to impact. So you know, a lot of philanthropists start with a very clear idea of what they want. Uh, in terms of the impact that they want to create. And they have been inspired by some factor in their lives or by other philanthropists. And that's our job, in fact. In fact, AIP uh, believes that philanthropists are best at inspiring other philanthropists. So once that inspiration happens, then from that inspiration to that impact, that entire process that happens, that's really the theory of change. And uh, that's what we help people with. And that's what we advise organizations when they meet new age philanthropists to be clear about. So be straight and direct. Be passionate and be clear about how you're going to make a difference with a very clearly articulated theory of change. Now, I think what's coming through also, Amitabh, is that they are looking for measurable impact. Now, that's not the easiest thing always to achieve in the development sector. So how do you get around it? You know, Asha, that's a very interesting question because uh, there is a dichotomy here. 
and uh, on the one hand yes uh, clearer uh, impact and measurable impact is something that everybody wants to see and uh, therefore in fact we see a lot of funding going into programs and not into capacity building which is really a need of the hour and uh, we need uh, you know the institutions the giving institute the institutions that are trying to absorb this capital the grassroots institutions their capacity needs to be built up they need to become bigger they need to become more uh, you know uh, effective in terms of scaling up their programs so on the one hand there is that need but we are what we are also seeing is that this non program funding is very very critical so that is what enables organizations to become bigger and be able to absorb the capital that philanthropists are now putting on the table so this is really not only a supply side problem of philanthropic capital but also a demand side problem of the institutions being able to absorb that capital so while on the one hand there is a need to see measurable impact on the other hand there is also a need to build up institutions and give untied aid as it's called in this field and there an untied aid has to be measured in very different ways it can't be measured in terms of how many schools um, have i helped or how many you know how many kids have i fed or how many notebooks have i distributed or how many toilets i have built or how many benches i have sponsored not those kinds of things but the kinds of things which say how has this organization evolved how has this organization added to its capability in terms of its own fundraising capability in terms of its capability to deliver results on the grassroots in terms of developing itself to be able to become bigger and bigger so that capability has to be measured in very different ways and not in simple numerical terms so that's really the dichotomy which faces many new age philanthropists and at aip it's our one of our tasks is also to sensitize both ends the grassroots organizations to say look measurable impact is something that we will have to work on and to work with the philanthropists to say that there is untied aid there is capability building money that is absolutely essential so that the grassroots organizations can become bigger and better right do you think there's also a greater insistence on transparency so you know i i really don't want to uh, get too much into uh, into the quality of uh, grassroots organizations that exists uh, but there is a there is a need for greater accountability for sure so but the newer age philanthropists or the older age philanthropists both want to see their money being well spent see wealth creators have spent their lifetimes making and creating this wealth and they have done so with a great amount of hard work and passion so once they have created that wealth they are aware of the process and what it takes to create that wealth they obviously want to see that money being well spent when they invest because they bring the same mentality which they have used to actually create that wealth to also now yoke that wealth and put that wealth to use to see measurable social change and to see the less fortunate improve their lives and therefore they tend to bring a lot of these processes and grassroots organizations really also need to adapt to this new world what's your view on digital giving platforms i think they are great see our view is very simple ashraf you know our view is that greater giving needs to happen and once greater giving needs to happen then all channels whether it's digital giving whether it's retail giving whether it's hni giving whether it is uhni giving all kinds of giving is welcome our focus at aip very clearly is the personal philanthropy 
as distinguished from organizational or CSR philanthropy. We are very, very sharply focused on personal philanthropy and we are very sharply focused on wealth creators who have created a lot of wealth in the past uh, you know, uh, three or four decades. Also, of course, on the older money. And we believe that we can help them give more, give better and give sooner. So our whole focus really is to say that while there is retail giving, but the real difference can really be made by large wealth creators making large bets and by making large commitments to philanthropy. So I'm going to ask you to board a time machine. Uh, project yourself 10 years into the future. What do you think the philanthropic landscape in India will look like? So I'm very, very optimistic, Ashram. I think there are many institutions that are doing some absolutely fantastic work. And I believe that the new age philanthropists and uh, older wealth creators, both are now, we are seeing a dramatic shift in their mindsets uh, in terms of uh, their approach to giving, in terms of their entire idea of how much wealth they want to keep and want to transmit within their own families and uh, their, and also a deep, deep sense of duty and gratefulness. So therefore, I'm at AIP, we are extremely, extremely uh, you know, uh, hopeful uh, and we know it will happen. We know that we will see a much greater amount of giving. So 10 years down the line, uh, I think giving will become the norm. I think wealth creators will understand that giving is a part of creation itself. That as you create wealth, you give wealth and you distribute wealth in a manner that makes tangible difference on the ground. I think that is what we will see. So we will see greater giving. We will see giving almost as a natural act of the act of creating wealth itself. And we will see that giving making a bigger difference to India's social transformation. In fact, AIP's vision is to see personal philanthropy make a difference to India's transformation. And we, we are confident that that will happen. So speaking of AIP, tell us a little bit about the journey of AIP and the work it has done so far. So AIP is a very young organization, Ashraf. It's just barely two years old, uh, but we are growing quite rapidly and uh, we are building our own capability very, very rapidly. AIP has been promoted uh, by uh, five very, very committed uh, core founders. So uh, Ashish Dhawan uh, is, uh, is one of the core founders of the organization, uh, as is uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Amit Chandra of ATE, uh, Rohini Nilekeni of uh, Rohini Nilekeni Philanthropies, uh, Madhu Damani and Vishal Tulsian uh, of uh, Motilal Oswal Private Equity. Uh, these five individuals have come together and have been the core founders of AIP. AIP has also been very lucky to have 16 other founders and we are having new founders join the movement uh, almost on a weekly and monthly basis. So AIP's mission is, uh, is really to make philanthropists give more, give sooner and give better. And we are premised on three basic premises. We believe that philanthropy can make a difference. We believe that philanthropists want to make a difference. And we believe that philanthropists are best at influencing other philanthropists. Therefore, AIP works in four different ways. AIP creates networking and convening platforms for philanthropists to meet with each other and inspire and influence each other. That's one. Two, we have a knowledge team and a research team that creates knowledge products and research products. These are public goods. These are available to everybody. So that's the second part in terms of how we influence the process of giving and how we influence philanthropists. The third is that we work very closely with each philanthropist 
and you know ashraf the, our entire work is free so when we work with philanthropists we don't ask for any fee we may we do world class work but this is completely free because we deeply believe in the mission and our entire organization is funded by our core founders and founders and we invite more and more founders to join the movement more and more philanthropists to join the movement so that's the third aspect and the fourth is of course we do advocacy uh, to make philanthropy easier so that's how aip works and aip takes and hopes to take philanthropists from their point of inspiration to the kind of impact that they want that they want to see on the ground and we take them through this entire journey and uh, we believe that uh, the potential for philanthropy to make a huge difference to india's transformation is uh, not fully realized today and there is a massive potential there to be unlocked and aip wants and wishes to be and will be a big part of that process so are there any concrete plans what are the next steps for aip so uh, we are strengthening our organization we are already present in delhi and in bombay in a very meaningful manner Uh, we want to be present across the country so uh, uh, we are wanting to be present in bangalore for example that's our second uh, that's our third uh, you know center that uh, we that we are going to start and uh, uh, the other areas that we are now also looking at are the indian diaspora abroad so we are starting with uh, the uh, with southeast asia and uh, we are looking at the middle east and we are looking at the us the east coast and the west coast so that's where large pools of indian diaspora exist which have created wealth and which are deeply interested and committed to causes in india so we are trying to see how we can bring the two together so the need is there in india the uh, the uh, the inspiration to give is clearly there in their own minds and in their own hearts they want to give and then our job really is to try and see if we can bring the two together so the international expansion uh, is the second part of it and the third of course is to find more and more meaningful platforms for philanthropists to get together so that they can inspire and influence each other So Amitabh here's a question I ask all my guests uh, at the end of the show why do you do this work because we believe in it because we are deeply passionate ourselves and when we say give more give sooner and give better we say this for our time as well and we find a lot of passionate individuals who are joining AIP and who are joining the cause of philanthropy doing so much earlier in their careers I joined this uh, now in hindsight uh, you know perhaps late but we are finding so many young people wanting to say and saying it actually right by demonstrating it with their actions to say I want to join this world much early in my career rather than wait till you know you're 60 or 65 so this is also giving sooner giving sooner with your own time giving sooner with your own life giving sooner with your own careers so that's the giving sooner part uh you know that uh, that that we are clearly seeing and encouraging and that's why most of the people at AIP do it because they deeply feel about the cause they are deeply inspired individuals deeply passionate individuals and individuals who want to give more give sooner and give better of their own lives to this cause amitabh thanks so much for being on the show thank you very much for having me ashraf and i would invite young people to explore uh AIP and what how they can be associated with aip i would invite young philanthropists young uh, heirs of uh, families of wealth creators and the wealth creators themselves to f- explore aip to connect with us to join the movement and to see how we can work together to see personal philanthropy make a difference to india's transformation
Thank you very much for having me on the show, Ashraf. Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in. That's a double l i n d i a n s m a double t e r dot i n for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer. That's a s h r a f e n g i n w e r and all Indians count. That's a double l i n d i a n s c o u n t. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter dot in. Catch you again soon. <laughs>